the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday the 17th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. On this windy Monday morning. Right. 10 to 20 mile an hour winds today and tomorrow, so be ready for that if you uh, drive a high provi- profile vehicle or right. if you're just walking around, I guess. There were already branches out on our road this morning. So. Man, it was windy last night. Was there yeah. a storm last night I that came so. through? Yeah. I heard the wind, but I didn't recognize that. Uh, I thought I heard thunder, but it could have been anything. Well, if I'd heard thunder at night, that would just put me right back to sleep anyways. Okay. Right back to sleep. going to sleep right through it, huh? Oh, absolutely. You get a nice <laughs> thunderstorm. Um, where was I? I guess it was in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore. Uh, there was train tracks not too far away. And in the springtime, I had to sleep, go sleep with like the window open with the screen and everything. And every once in a while, you get a storm matching up with a train going by. Uh. And you get, it's like the videos you search online to go to sleep faster. You got the thunderstorm in the distance, the train whistle in the distance. I'm done. I'm right? out. I'm probably not going to wake up <laughs> for anything at that point. Now we know. Yeah. Yeah. You want to put me to sleep? Let's get a little thunder, a little train noise in there. Maybe a little slight light rain, not the downpour, light rain. We're good. Can you sleep through a storm, Clint Hogman? Uh, yes, actually, I and I'm like I'm like Jordan. I like storms. How about oh, that. Man. No, I'm I'm like I can't because I'm like, what's going to happen? Well, I'm no. worried about the the house. Deal with it in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Deal with it in the morning. All right. Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority Chair Clint Hogman joins us in studio. Welcome in. Thank you. Good morning. So, uh, first of all, I always have to ask uh, any. Uh, Updates on Insorga. Yeah, so there's actually a lot going on behind the scenes with Insorga, as there has been for several months. And it's it's basically, Marsha, just a step-by-step execution involving our attorney to terminate the lease and to uh, notify all the or many companies that were involved in Insorga, giving each one of them an opportunity to uh, stand up the lease and restore the operations and so there's a lot of procedural stuff going on. It probably will continue for the next two months or so. Is it owned by anybody right now, or is it just a well vacant no, property? Um, I mean, legally, it, it is owned. It, the land is owned by the Solid Waste Authority. Okay, and it is. Um, um, I hate to say this, but it's true. There is claims that can be made by the Solid Waste Authority and in Zorga that they own the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, farther we transition in this process of terminating the lease, the more the county becomes the owner, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Then there's the equipment inside the building, and the equipment's what's worth a lot of money. And uh, so there's, and Sorga has rights to that, and so does the bank, if you will, bondholders right. that, that finance the facility. So, I mean, there's notifications going to the bondholders, all the various entities that are affected that if something doesn't happen in a certain period of time, as we agreed upon when we signed this lease, 
in the end, in, in some people's minds, the solid waste authority could end up being the owner. So when we parse all of this out, one of the reasons that Insorga closed its doors um, a year ago mm-hmm. um, was that they were having trouble with an offloading partner right, right. selling the, the waste to fuel product. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds as though um, the Solid Waste Authority, perhaps in relation with Apple Valley uh, Waste, uh, would, would like to take this project back up. Would they have the same problems? Well, they would. And, and so uh, one thing that Insorga never did was a s- establish a secondary market, a second offtake partner. Uh, there is a cement kiln in Hagerstown, for example, that uses SRF to... Uh, what is SRF? The solid recovered fuel, uh, the fuel that's manufactured from an Insorga-like facility. They could use it. Uh, so they could have a primary and a secondary market. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also aware that... SRF can be used to create electricity. It can run a bi- um, uh, renewable natural gas uh, machine. And there's avenues that yeah that would create natural gas out of S- SRF. So yeah, there's uh, there's options there. They just didn't get set up, and that and that is predominantly the you know every facility, every operation, uh, you know, including the county's recycling program has bumps day to day to day to day, and they, and they had theirs. But the big one is. The, the failed relationship with Argos for whatever reason, not pointing fingers at anyone, but um, just that failed relationship is what caused that facility to stop. And how will the uh, Solid Waste Authority be making up this revenue loss in the meantime? Well, uh, to me, you know, the county council has uh, been very good to us. They, they uh, granted us additional funds last fiscal year. The, the REAP, the folks at REAP down in the West Virginia DEP's office um, awarded us three or four grants last year. Now, of course, that's not something that you can do year in and year out. But um, I think as far as I can see, the next several months, um, we're, we're, we continue to get support from the county and our, our county and state partners. And, uh, and so there should be no more cutbacks in the programs. Again, we're speaking with Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. Looking on your Facebook page here, and you certainly got a lot uh, going on coming up here in the near uh, future, especially coming up in June. You got your composter class coming up, but more recently, coming up here in just a few days on the 22nd, well, this Saturday, uh, you have your drug take back day coming up. Right. That's actually uh, an, a national event. It's actually oh. uh, hosted by the Drug Enforcement Agency, and, 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 it's, and they do that for a reason because it involves narcotics. Uh, you know, they accept unwanted. Um, um, prescription drugs and so um, we're, we're kind of fortunate here in berkeley county this national event used to be a really big thing because it was one day a year it was really your best opportunity to dispose of pills and such um and, but the berkeley county sheriff's office a few years ago set up a drop-off box so anytime their lobby is open you can take those same uh, meds in in there um, some of the uh pharmacists around have drop-off boxes i know i was at uh um, CBS Pharmacy on Evan Miller Boulevard the other day and saw one there. Uh, so, you know, they're becoming more commonplace. But nonetheless, I know that, you know, the radio station goes beyond Berkeley County and people could hear my voice in Morgan and Jefferson. And and uh, and so those there, it isn't a convenience as, as it is here and as it is in those locations. So, of course, we don't want to have prescription drugs in the hands of folks who weren't prescribed them, especially right. young children. But uh, why, as you know, a solid waste authority, is it a good idea to keep those uh, prescription drugs 
out of the trash cans? Well, you know, it used to be uh, the disposal method for pills and such was they would tell you to flush it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then as areas urbanize, uh, the sewage treatment plants simply cannot treat that volume of medicines. So it was showing up in our waterways, and it is, in fact, in our waterways. And so they started to look at other methods for handling those kind of medications, and, and they found out that uh, incinerating them was better overall than uh, flushing them down the toilet. So, um, uh, so you know, that, that, bec- that made it. Very important, particularly when they are doing studies of the Potomac watershed and finding uh, pharmaceutical medicine Mm. meds in our fish. Wow. Steroid fish. Can you imagine? Or just some real drowsy fish. Yeah. Some real lackadaisical fish. Would that make them easier to catch, though? I guess. (laughs) Come on. But do you want to eat one of them? Nope. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. Uh, But I see also on here, master composter. Last. Now, I didn't know that you could be a master composter. I've heard of master gardener yeah, and things. And if you are a master gardener, you'd probably also want to be a master composter. Right. That's a very similar program. I mean, uh, if, if folk, there's a substantial, there's been a substantial interest in this area for folks to learn how to use a, a backyard composter, how to compost in your backyard, do it right so it doesn't smell or it isn't yuck. And, uh, and so for many years, we did skip a couple years during COVID, but prior to COVID and, uh, and beyond, we would hold this training seminar. We would bring in uh, um, uh, some teachers that are certified, and uh, as a three-day course in June, June eighth, ninth, and tenth. So we're still taking registrations for that. We I think I have about ten people that have signed up for it, nice. ho- hoping to double that. Is it say is there a limit for people in the yeah, class? Yeah, twenty-five is the class size. It does cost forty dollars, but. I guarantee you, uh, if you're interested in in making compost and redu- and improving your garden and reducing your use of fertilizer, you'll you'll get your forty dollars out of that class. Okay, so some of us are starting to walk the trails and go along the creeks and all of that. And one of the worst things to see is trash, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially tires. Jordan was talking about that today. <laughs> um, you have a, a tire event coming up. We do. Um, it is it is one of my uh, most popular events that we have have one in the spring one will come later in the fall the one in the spring is going to be on saturday the 29th Uh, so it's not this saturday it's the following saturday it's from 10 a.m to 5 p.m at the south berkeley uh, recycling center on pilgrim street in inwood Uh, there is a rule of 10 tires per driver per driver's license so they'll be accepted for free you will be asked to produce your driver's license Mm -hmm. if you have more than 10 tires Bring a neighbor, bring a spouse, bring a second license to do something to help me say yes. So what if um, someone's from Morgan County? Yeah, we don't care. Um, yeah, uh, we realize that some of the programs here in Berkeley are, are some of the best in the region. So we open them up to okay. anybody who's, who can follow the rules as long as you're a West Virginia resident. What about Spring Shred? That's coming too. I knew you were going to ask. Uh-huh. But it will, <laughs> it'll be here and gone before, our, before I'm on the air again. It's uh, that one's scheduled... Um, for Saturday, May the 13th, 9 to 12. So it's 9 to noon. It's at the Grapevine Road Recycling Center. Uh, five boxes, five medium-sized boxes per vehicle uh, will be accepted for free. So if you've got tax records and medical documents and other things that have sensitive information on them, it's a great way to watch those documents get shredded right in front of you and, uh, and, and, and have some comfort that uh, your data is protected. When I was talking about those, uh, seeing those tires yesterday, um, 
I mean, I, I hope you don't be, I hope you don't think I was uh, cutting at you at all because I think what you do uh, with all your roadside and streamside uh, cleanups is incredible, and you got a lot of roadways and different streamways to cover. But that's the first time I've ever seen that many tires in a ditch like that. Why? Like, why are why there's so many tires on you know, side that's, of the road? That's always the big question: is is why do people litter, right? And what can we do to stop it? And you know, I've I have read study after study after study trying to understand the, the psychology of why someone does that. And, uh, and there, there really is a variety of reasons, unfortunately. It could be economics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it could be just lack of education. Um, uh, in some cases, I mean, I remember a situation where there was some, here in Berkeley County, where there was some filming that caught someone. And it was a young, it was a young man. And, and, and uh, his parents subscribed to trash service. And it made no sense at yeah, first blush, that. why that would happen, why he took him. And as it turns out, he just forgot to put the trash bag at the end of the road. Oh, and, he, wait. and he knew that his parents were going to be upset that he missed trash day. <laughs> so he put it in a car, drove down the road a couple miles and threw it out. Wow. And, and so, you know, it's hard to nail down to one thing why it happens. Uh, but there's no doubt all the studies show that uh, if you want to reduce litter, you got to have these programs yeah. like, like, like we do in Berkeley, but you got to have a lot of education going on and you got to have enforcement. How many people, when you were at the um, home show, walked up to you and said 10,000 bags of litter? Yeah, I know. I hear that in my sleep. So the the education campaign that we have going on the radio right now is is awesome. Uh, It's having a lot of success. We did have, Marsha, I'm going to say something in the neighborhood of 700 people come to our tables at the home show. Um, The first day was a big splash uh we loved it um and uh you know, one of our partners with those uh radio ads is uh wv litter busters uh which is a a social media program uh managed by rebecca catlett uh, who's a teacher at spring mills and and uh and she told me just the other day that she's had over a hundred new people join the organization since those radio ads have started nice. so there's a there's an example of where education's working there you go and uh what's the old tagline uh and it shows that radio gets results. Oh, there you go. There you go. Radio okay. gets results. <laughs> We're speaking with Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. We've got to be getting to our first break here uh, in just a few minutes, and you'll be hearing a very uh, noticeable commercial. <laughs> but um, let people know where they can go to get in touch with you, get in touch with Solid Waste Authority, especially if they want to join on some of these cleanups or yep. just get involved in general. Our phone number is 304-267-9370, or you can email us at office at berkeleycountyrecycling.com. Follow us on Facebook. It's where we're most active, Berkeley County Recycling Litter Control. Well, Clint, thank you. It's always good to see you. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Stick around for more after this on WPM and and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marge Kavalik. If you missed any of our conversation uh, with Clint Hogman for the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority, you can listen back to that a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But if you head over to panhandlenewsnetwork.com, you can stay up to date on all your big headlines across the, the four state li- or the uh, listening area. And one of the big ones, we were talking about this off air, is potentially coming to Kekapin State Park. There's a public hearing set uh, for Tuesday, for tomorrow, the 18th, about an RV park at Kekapin State Park. 
So 6,000 acres, uh, what, yeah, so what the, is this? The state park is 6,000 yeah. acres. They want to propose, um, and they've got three vendors that are kind of like, hey, we, here's what we'd like to do, who have submitted proposals um, by, by March. This uh, public hearing is by the West Virginia DNR. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones kind of considering whether or not to bring this. Proponents of it say, look, this is another way to offer amenities to people who want to come to a state park. Uh, it's another way to to offer like a segment of society. You know, people who who are right. in our, who, who have that RV lifestyle like to have these kinds of amenities. Um, but folks who are opposed to the idea have a number of concerns. I've been trying to reach out to some of the folks from Cape and Trails and uh, from the county commission who have uh, publicly stated uh, their concerns about this. You know, for example, um, what's this going to do to the serenity of Capen State Park if you bring in as many as 300 RV sites mm-hmm. um, and ancil- ancillary to that it's not just camping it's also the vendors are bringing in um, uh, attractions to make right. this kind of a destination so they, they want to change the the makeup of what Capen looks like right now think uh, Tiki Bar think new swimming pool think um you know all of these other amenities and uh so the concerns are what is this going to do you know for the serenity of a quiet state park what is this going to do to traffic on 522 so um if you look at panhandlenewsnetwork.com um uh, i have some some pieces from the winchester star because they did an article about it i also have the letter that the county commission um sent to the dnr Mm -hmm. uh opposing it so Morgan County commissioners said, you know, look, we have some concerns about some of these ideas. And, um, you know, you can go on Cape and Trails. They, they've been talking about it as well. If you go on their Facebook page, hopefully we'll get uh, someone from Cape and Tra- Trails or from the commission to talk about it between uh, today and tomorrow when that, uh, that public hearing happens. And you can also uh, text us because we'd be interested to know uh, what the the public thinks, the listening area thinks about the potential RV park coming to Cacapin State Park, Texas, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. And I'm looking here just on Google Maps of um, Cacapin State Park, and I mean, the whole park is literally on the side of the mountain, mm-hmm. all of it. So where would you put an RV park? You can... You can because yeah, you ha- you need a substantial amount chisel, of land. You can chisel into the side of of any mountain if you need to. That's true. But if so, if you're local and this is kind of like your local state park, um, do you want more amenities? Do you want it to kind of wake up? Yeah. Um, and because this will certainly things? make it crowded. Well, potentially. 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 Yeah. I mean, I I think there are some some local parks that are destination parks mm-hmm. that are, you know. Um, is it Yogi Bear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yogi Bear. Uh, Yogi you know, awesome. think about that. So, mm-hmm. if, so there, there certainly is, you know, uh, an audience for this, right? A, a receptive audience. But I also know, you know, I was at a state park over the weekend, and one of the reasons that people love those parks is that it is a way to get away. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, hustling through crowds. You're not yeah. standing in line. For things, you're away. Mm-hmm. Well, you were, but I feel like Capen's Morgan County in mm-hmm. general right. is in a weird spot because I mean, where you were at, you gotta, you're going there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you're traveling right. there. Capen, I mean, you're so close to the interstates, of course, Baltimore, DC. You know the whole uh, right. spiel that people can come through and just randomly stumble upon it. 
Yeah, and is is this the next um, you know jewel in the crown of the state parks that are um, you know trying to get folks from D.C. and mm-hmm. Northern Virginia to notice us out here and come and spend their tourism dollars? Tell you what, I see. Uh, I watch, of course, for the most part, every Washington Nationals game and every game I've watched this year. I've seen at least two West Virginia tourism mm-hmm. commercials. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Well, and and I've said this before. Any weekend, if you go out to Harper's Ferry, you're going to see folks, and they've got Virginia tags, DC mm-hmm. tags, Washington. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Maryland, Virginia, DC tags. Sometimes Pennsylvania, because yeah. they're coming from other places to come see what we've got here. And I think one of the the ideas, of the conservation groups like at Cape and Trails, is you know let's keep it unspoiled. So maybe there needs to be balance. Anyway, uh, that. Public hearing tomorrow at Kikapen State Park at 530 and in you the can, evening. And you can let us know your thoughts about the potential RV park at Kikapen State Park. 304-263-4321 is the text line. Have a text here saying, nothing against RV parks, but I don't like it. But I don't think it is a good fit for our state parks. Which, hey, I can agree with that. Because, I mean, you think... Of course, I'm sure they would do it in a way where it would be, for the most part, discreet. It's not going to be right in the middle of like the hiking trails or the park or anything. 300 RVs, though. I know. That's a lot. That's a lot. And if I'm going to a state park, like you were saying, honestly, the last thing I want to see are people and especially big old RVs. And what if it also brings, and and this might be a benefit to the folks who are planning this, what if it brings RV type uh, events? You know, all of these folks with their RVs coming in for a gathering of some themed event for RVs. It's certainly a double-edged sword, as you could say, because there would be a lot of great for it. I mean, that's more revenue coming into, of course, the park. That state park system, Morgan County, Berkeley Springs, Bath, however you want to mm-hmm. go about looking at that. Uh, the whole panhandle, really, at that point. But, like you mentioned, it also brings traffic and different types of uh, issues and people. If you don't mm-hmm. like uh, people coming into your uh, you know, little hidden gem of Morgan County. Will it make it too peoply? I know. I know. My goodness. But you also think 522, the bypass, maybe that could help with traffic. Who knows? But you can let us know what you think. Text us 304-263-4321. We'll step aside for a minute. We'll come back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. And Marsha, we got some more guests joining us in studio this morning. That's right. From Telemon, we have the housing program coordinator, Maggie Cortez, and the fair housing specialist, Holly Hartman. Welcome in. Good morning. Hey, good morning. So we're talking about um, the fair housing event. What's going on with that? Um, so super exciting. We had our little banner out front just the last few days, and I took it down yesterday, actually. Um, but it's this Saturday, the 22nd, at War Memorial Park from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, all about fair housing, educating people. Um, on their rights. Yeah, their mm-hmm. rights. Um as far as not being discriminated in their housing choices, of course. Um, we have several vendors from the community just to have resources for um, all of our attendees. We have free food being cooked by our veterans and our Telemon programs. I think this, this year is going to be really, I, I mean, last year I think we were kind of still kind of coming out of the pandemic 
and um and we had good weather and i think the weather's going to hold out for us this saturday as well fingers crossed mm-hmm. right because i saw a little bit of little shower things happening but we're going to have a petting zoo Molly was able to get us a nice petting zoo for the kids. All of that. Um, free pony burgers rides. and hot dogs. Pony rides. Um, we're going to have a couple guest speakers. We're going to have a poetry reading. Um, so I think it's going to be a really great day as far as, you know, learning, just having fellowship, breaking bread with, these, you know, at the park. And hopefully, um, you know, I talk with my hands. I just smacked the <laughs> That's microphone. Right. I apologize. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. But I think Holly is not giving herself enough credit because she has worked her <laughs> tail off on putting this together. And um, we've got a lot of good uh, community agencies that will be giving out, you know, free things. We have some wonderful prizes that we are going to be raffling off. Um, I don't want to give all of it away. I say, but what do you got? I've got two packages. I've got a family package for the Martinsburg Air Show for tickets and some wow. other goodies packed in. And then a second package for a couple uh, air show tickets plus some other goodies. And then Holly mm-hmm. also has some other prizes. Mm-hmm. So free. So, <laughs> yes. Serenity Day Spa has donated nice. a gift certificate. Miss Ruby over there. Shout nice. out. We love Ruby. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to have, should we tell them? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have don't... two kids bikes. Oh. A boy's bike and a girl's bike. And then um, there may be something else if we can budget it in there. Love but, um, yeah, and we say not really raffle. It's not, you don't have to pay. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, but just door prizes. Giveaway. So all of our attendees yeah. will have a little ticket, and then you have a shot at winning. I'm trying to think, did we leave anything out? We have face painting. We have a DJ. We got it all going we on We have a this. DJ, yeah. <clears throat> We're trying to trying to hook it up for the for the community. Now, talking about the community, and it is certainly a growing, a quickly growing community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means the housing market, the housing situation around here has gotten pretty out of hand. I Crazy. think you can say with how much rents are, mortgages are, and how little you know housing there really is out mm-hmm. there for all the people that are here. So how important is, you know, fair housing for you know especially a community like ours um, i mean it's very very important i mean fair housing you know overall is you know after the civil rights act was passed um fair fair housing was still something that people were discriminated by you know during that time period and so that the need for that it, we found that fair housing is one of those pieces of legislation that can actually be enforced uh, more so than even the Civil Rights Act. So, um, and we do st- we do get a fair amount of fair housing complaints. We do have a online submission that people can just send in and say, "I need to talk to somebody. I feel like this was unfair." Uh, and Holly's that person. You know, we can help the clients with that. We typically see more in this area the um, disability, the disabled. Um, and then familial status kind of things. Because, you know, under that law, there's the seven protected classes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think with, as Jordan said, housing is tight. Oh, affordable folks, housing is super Yeah, affordable tight. housing well, is almost no inventory, right? Yeah. When someone gets into a home and they feel lucky enough to have a spot where they can have their kids there, sometimes their pets, mm-hmm. and then they realize that, you know, maybe the rent's going up or maybe they aren't being treated fairly, Um there's a risk to complaining about it, right? That stops a lot of people. I'm not going to lie. That's one thing. So we've done just this year, probably an intake of 30 ish complaints. Hmm. And out of those 30 or so complaints, only one person has chosen to actually file their complaint with HUD Mm -hmm. for the risk of 
retaliation, retaliation, losing their home. Some of them being in like subsidized housing. They don't want to lose those vouchers or that place where they can actually afford their, their rent. So, I mean, it is, it's a big thing and it's like, you know, I don't want to encourage them to do that. I want to encourage them to exercise their rights, of course, and we can educate people, but that's not something we can really stop from happening, and that's the unfortunate part because you can't stop somebody from <clears throat> doing what they may or may not do. I mean, eventually someone might be found liable for a housing violation, right. but by then some of those choices may have been made, and right. the person may have had to look for other. So it's it's a very frustrating situation. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you know, we – if the property manager or their landlord is uh, retaliating, um, they can certainly add that to their um, complaint. And then HUD sends someone to do an investigation. Um, and typically, you know, it's not that they're out to try and get property mm-hmm. managers or anything like that. It's, you know, the first step is for them to educate them and say, look, let's mediate this. You know, we don't want to do a take you to court, you know, because you're doing this, you know, whether it's saying no kids allowed or absolutely no vouchers allowed or whatever it is that they're saying, um, you know, they, they want to provide education and then try to mediate that before they actually go and take people to court. And are and, some of these landlords compliant? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of great landlords, a lot of great property managers. We do provide, um, Holly's uh, done a couple landlord workshops and those landlord workshops just provide education for mm-hmm. property managers. So because that's the best way to protect yourself is knowing what you can and can't do. Right. Um, you know, we can't ask people what religion you are or, you know, are you married or anything like that? But they also need to be aware that, you know, certain questions they really shouldn't be asking, like, what church do you go to? Even mm-hmm. though that might be a friendly question and in normal conversation. But as a property manager, you really shouldn't ask those kinds of questions. It could be seen as probing. Or, you know, you're seeking bias, you know, you may not like the church they go to or whatever. So, um, but um, yeah, we see a lot more with disabled that the assistance animal service animals are always, you know, a yeah, situation. Which more places allow dogs? Right. Like nobody ever allows pets if you're looking to move somewhere. Right. Nobody it, it, wants it, a pet. But if you have an emotional support or a service animal, they have to allow you regardless of their right. policies. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, and people try. They don't like it, you know, and you kind of understand. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might have an emotional support cat. Right. Mm-hmm. Or cat. chicken. Or chicken. Support chickens or, and things. I've seen all that crazy stuff. We actually had a, 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 a veteran who um, moved back to this area who had um, service chicken. There you yes. go. Hey. And flew it from California and was allowed to have it. And well, this chicken actually used a litter box. It's trained. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like... I've never seen anything like. Do we that. need an office? Do we need an yeah. office chicken? Uh, you and I have have traumatic bird. Uh, Not with chickens it, though. I'm cool I, with chickens. Ducks. I would no receive thanks. no co- no comfort from a chicken unless it was sitting on my plate. <laughs> What was the article I read one time? Not too long ago, there was a gentleman in New York City who had an emotional support alligator. Oh, yeah, I'm good on that no. one. No, I'm good on that one. I might have to pass on that. <laughs> but it certainly seems like there has been a lot more emphasis and uh, spotlight on specifically, I would say, renters' rights because there during the pandemic, everything was so crazy and landlords were up in rents and people weren't realizing it and mm-hmm. doing different things like that. So uh, I think that came into the forefront mm-hmm. a lot during 
that time and now is right. stuck around because of how the housing market really hasn't bounced back. Right. And, you know, we just had a housing summit here last week um, that United Way hosted and we helped put together. And we just were trying to have a conversation with uh, people in our community about ideas on how we're going to solve the problem of affordable housing. Because at the end of the day, you know, not everybody's going to make 80000 a year. You know, we still need people working at Walmart. We still need people working at Sheets people pumping gas. We, we still need these jobs, and but we have to think outside the boxes. How are we going to house these folks? You know, I um, I know that Procter & Gamble or P&G uh, is doing something as a, like a transitional housing for people that are coming to the area because oftentimes they can't find housing and so they're stuck living in a hotel. Mm-hmm. The, the young lady that was there at the housing summit said that she had lived at the Hilton for four months before she could find something that you know, would suit her needs and things like that. So um, their program is going to be more geared for their employees, mm-hmm. um, but they also are, you know, doing some thinking outside the box. And that's kind of what the housing summit was like. Let's let's have a conversation with not just, you know, we don't want to just preach to the choir. We need to preach to the decision makers. Yeah. There were some legislators there and people that are in our county government came. So it was a very good um uh, a housing summit that we had and some good ideas are starting to flow as far as, you know, affordable housing and how mm-hmm. we're going to do that. Because um, sometimes they can find grants and monies. You know, we had a guest speaker from um, the Virginia housing department who is doing some very innovative things. And so, you know, sometimes all you have to do is ask around and see yeah. what others are doing instead of having to recreate the wheel. It's yeah. just, if it's working over there, let's see if we can't do it here, right? Yeah. It's our neighbors and, to the south. And getting the landlords on board. They're not the enemy. You know, right, they're, they're absolutely. putting a lot of risk into these properties right. as well. Yes. Um, so did, did many landlords show up for this as there well? There were some. Uh, yeah, there were some. It was mostly for decision makers. Uh, we didn't want it to be like a complaint fest, right, yeah. obviously. <laughs> we're trying to talk about like what are some ideas uh, you know, we had somebody that was talking about like the modular homes and um, doing something for the homeless, because uh, right now I know that um, through Berkeley County Schools, I think Mr. Uh, Van Meter, who's the director for attendance, um, said that just in Berkeley County Schools, they have over 720 some odd students identified as homeless, meaning mm. they do not have a fixed address at night mm. or they're in a shelter. Right. Mm-hmm. And That's we don't, sobering. Yeah. And we don't have, uh, we need family shelters too. Um, last week we had a gentleman that called and, and needed help because he was at a motel, but he has an eight year old son and he's like, I'm out of money and I, I don't know what to do. I don't have any family here. I'm not working. Is there anyone that can help me? Um, and, because he can't go to the shelter. He can't yeah. go with an right. eight year old to the rescue right. mission. He can't go to the Bethany house. It's only women and children. So, and I keep seeing more of the single dad with kids and they're the ones that are really in danger. I well, mean, not that everybody else isn't, but right. like there's no option for them. Right. You know, other than the kindness of others. So, of well, uh, it takes, sometimes it takes conversations like this to uh, mm-hmm. get the ball rolling and conversations that mm-hmm. uh, y'all are having, and especially uh, like the fair housing event you have coming up mm-hmm. uh, on the 22nd. So before we let you go, because we have to be getting to our final break of the hour here, uh, but let people know where to go to find out, of course, about the housing event or, or anything if they want to get involved. So, um, <clears throat> of course, all of our information, www.telemon.org. That's Facebook T-E-L-A-M-O-N. We have our Facebook page, um, all of the information about 
our offices, our event is shared there. But once again, it's this Saturday, the 22nd at War Memorial Park from 11 to 4. Perfect. Well, thank, thank you. you all for stopping in this morning. That was It's always an interesting conversation. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll step aside one final time. We'll come back and wrap things up on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, did you go see the new Mario movie this weekend? Um, I think we might be the only two people in the no. world that didn't go see the Mario movie over the weekend. So, was it... Apparently, it's pretty hype, good. Apparently. apparently, it's pretty good. I uh, So, when I was a kid, I kind of missed the Nintendo wave. I was a PlayStation kid. Okay. Right? I mean, I played Nintendo games because my uh, grandparents had an old school 64, so you play like... Uh, Paperboy and Duck Hunt and stuff like that. But um, I missed all the Mario stuff. So I might miss this movie, but apparently it's pretty good. If you got a youngster um, that's in the Mario, I've seen it's been, it has been cool seeing pictures of people that are taking their kids to go see it. Everybody dresses, dresses up, up and, you know, the kids dressed up like Mario. Yeah, but you had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. You guys got to see that spring game. That's right. That was cool. That's right. If you head over to uh, at EP Sports Network on Twitter, you can uh, find a lot of those, uh, well, all of the interviews. We had uh, the two quarterbacks that are in the quarterback competition right now. Seth Morgan, Christian Etchison. We were, uh, Luke was able to catch up with them. Parker was able to catch up with Nazir Russell, who uh, could potentially be a standout running back for the Rams this year, and I was able to grab Martinsburg native Dwayne Grantham, uh, linebacker that will be the really the cornerstone or the keystone of that um, defense this year. And uh, you can find all those interviews over on our Twitter page at EP Sports Network. But it was pretty cool. It was fun. It was a gorgeous day. It was supposed to have rained mm-hmm. that entire day. They postponed and Things, rescheduled yeah. the uh, Shepherd because Shepherd the campus was busy and it was supposed to be even busier Saturday. There was a... Uh, it was senior day for lacrosse right before the spring game. Uh, there was supposed to be baseball and softball in action, but they postponed those games because of the the Impending. potential weather yeah. that ended up being a gorgeous day. So, so in the spring game, were there any freshman players that mm-hmm. are that have already signed up that came to uh, campus? No. Yeah, N- upcoming freshmen. Uh, it depends. So the way that you can do that is by you know early enrolling, you know that Ooh. whole situation. But I don't. I, well, the noticeable one, I can't speak, and if that, I can't speak on if that didn't happen. But the noticeable one was Ezra, Ezra Bajent, of course, Tyson Bajent's younger brother, uh, quarterback at Martinsburg. <laughs> I said, man, why isn't Ezra dressed? Everything all right? And then Luke and Parker both looked at me and said, well, he's still a high school senior, so right. he can't. Okay. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes, well, that, that that answers makes sense. I didn't, that makes you know, because if you're kind of rolling out what the team's going to look like, right. there's a right. whole segment of it that can't play yet. Right, right. A lot of these recruits. But uh, they looked a lot better than I personally uh, was expecting them to look. Of course, we talked about this in depth over uh, on Panhandle Sports Live, uh, which, of course, is from 8 to 9 every weekday morning right here on WPM and WCST. And we'll have some clips from uh, our conversation about that on our Twitter page as well, again, at EP Sports Network. But it was a nice weekend. It's hard to believe, Marsha, that uh, football season is, well, pretty much it. Football season never ends, let's be honest, but that it's pretty much officially back. And you guys aren't taking much of a break because you're also 
gearing into a lot of baseball coverage this that, week as well. That's right. Give me a second here. I'll pull up the schedule for the games here the next couple of days. But uh, it is a jam-packed because this is really the uh, the pressure point of the local baseball and softball season. Uh, coming up tomorrow... It is high school baseball action, Martinsburg and Washington. Uh, then the 19th, Jefferson and Martinsburg in high school softball. Uh, on the 20th, high school softball, Washington and Hedgesville. And then on uh, the weekend, we got some uh, college softball and baseball and high school baseball as well. So, yeah, we are fully loaded. Again, you can find that schedule over on our Facebook page at Panhandle or just at our Facebook, Facebook page, Panhandle News Network, and at our Twitter page at EP Sports Network. Uh, also fully loaded, Hoppy Kerchival with Talkline, which happens at 10.06. Uh, among the guests or the discussions he'll be having, Brad McElhaney will be talking about the interim committee meeting, which uh, got off yesterday and uh, continues through tomorrow. Also, uh, Senate President Craig Blair of Berkeley County made some comments at a, a Lincoln Day event in another county uh, calling for the death penalty for fentanyl drug dealers. So um, here's... One of the things that maybe they'll talk about, uh, our own uh, delegate, uh, John Overington, for 30-plus sessions called for the death penalty to be reinstated in West Virginia, and it was opposed and and didn't quite make it Mm -hmm. uh, any of those times. So um, I'm wondering how successful the senator, uh, the Senate president's idea to um, have the death penalty for fentanyl dealers uh, would be statewide, or if that's a, a national idea he has. Also, you've been hearing this maybe on my uh, newscast this morning. Uh, at 11.06, Hoppy is going to be playing host to country music uh, entertainer uh, Brad Paisley and U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. They'll be talking about their recent trip to Ukraine. There you go. Yeah, that was, uh, like Parker said over the weekend, that wasn't on my bingo card for 2023. No. and the Brad Paisley and Manchin over The in video Ukraine. that you showed me of of Brad Paisley trying you know he's playing country roads everyone you know kind of like not everyone knows the words Mm-mm. hey you never know what will uh, rally a country and maybe it's Brad Paisley singing country roads in a straw cowboy hat in uh, downtown Kiev but it also you know. underscored because Joe Manchin is pretty tall yeah the president Volodymyr Zelensky he's a, yeah a little, a little short hey. compared to those two guys you don't gotta be you don't gotta be big Marsha you don't got to be big to run a country. Mm-hmm. Be big. Um, but yeah, it also helps not to be very big uh, running in general. And I say that because today uh, is the Boston Marathon happening right. right now. And it is the 10-year anniversary. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years already since the Boston Marathon bombing uh, took place there at the start-finish line. Uh, you know, wounding a ton of people and uh, killing a few. And it's crazy that it's been 10 years. But Boston Marathon, it's back in action. Defiantly. Isn't yeah. that lovely that they're, you know, we're going we're gonna to hold this. Yep. Which I think is pretty cool. Would you ever run a marathon? Um, give give me a couple of years, maybe I'll change my mind. Back in the day, you think you would have ran one? Mm-mm. No, we're no. a runner. I did a couple five <laughs> Ks in my day just for the did T-shirt, you? just for the T-shirt, just for the T-shirt. <laughs> a couple turkey trots, yeah, you know, stuff that's like not that. Bad. That you uh, you walk a little bit, you run a little bit. I'm no not Carl Rustin. No, no, no one is uh, is like Girl <laughs> Rustin, that's for sure. Uh, I'm surprised she's not running the Boston Marathon today, to be honest. Oh, my goodness. But if you missed any show today, you can listen back to it. A little bit later on, we had a Clint Hogman for Berkeley, Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority on. Uh, we were talking about the fair housing 
uh, event that's coming up. If you missed it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. Uh, but a jam-packed Hobby Kirchival is next. For Marsha, I am Jordan. It's been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.